Welcome to uh, the Opta Pro podcast. This is the first of hopefully many uh, Opta Pro podcasts that we do. Um, I'm Tom Warville. I'm a data scientist at Perform Group, working on the Opta and Opta Pro brands. In future, Sam Gregory will hopefully be joining me. For this edition, this is going to be a few interviews with myself and various uh, participants of the Hack MCFC event. Um, so a bit about the event from this weekend. Essentially, it was a, a hackathon, so teams were given access to um, some of the F24 event-level Opta data uh, and the Chiron Hager tracking data, and they were asked to come up with um, an idea combining the two data sets that showed off a new tactical insight that hadn't been seen before. Um, my thoughts on this event was that I thought it was really interesting. Uh, the, the participants were really engaged. Um, some of the ideas were really, really innovative and, and stuff we hadn't really seen before, mainly probably because that these ideas are from people who aren't sort of within this echo chamber of football analytics already. Um, and, you know, these are outsiders who uh, can get, you know, don't have some of the biases that we have uh, working within football. Uh, they can be completely open-minded, uh, test any sort of idea or pull ideas from anywhere. So, um, yeah, some really creative solutions that were, were put forward. Um and yeah, I think the, the, the team at play put on a fantastic event. Uh, City were really accommodating. City Football Group were really accommodating. Uh, the venue was fantastic. And uh, as you'll hear from the sort of subsequent, subsequent interviews, I think that it set the bar very highly for uh, not just sports hackathons, but hackathons in general. So yeah, coming up, there's going to be an interview with Adam Collins, who's from the City Football Group. David Eccles, who's from Karen Hager. And I also speak with uh, Ben McCreel, who's the head of OptiPro too. After catching up with those guys, I'm going to be speaking to four of the contestants from the weekend. Uh, there will be Joel Salomon, Sophie Ashcroft, Chris Bentley and Rob Suderby. Uh, the sound quality on these recordings is quite raw. Um, there was the noise of the hackathon behind me. There was a training session happening next door as well. So, um, But yeah, hopefully uh, it's uh, another layer of insight to the Hack MCFC event that happened just this past weekend um, at the, uh, up at Manchester City. There's some really good stuff from the contestants uh, and... Yeah, hopefully this makes for good listening. Uh, enjoy it. We'd love to hear your feedback. And we'll be back with a more official uh, titled OptiPro podcast in the near future. The first person I speak to is Adam Collins. Enjoy. So you're at City and how long have you been here? So, um, yeah, I've been at Man City for uh, nine years. Or should I say I've been working for Man City for seven and a half years as the head of performance analysis for the academy. Right. Um, and then in the last year and a half, two years, I moved on the back of helping design this training ground. I kind of moved into more of a strategic project management role, um, predominantly within the R&I department of the football club and city football services. Cool. And um, what's the importance of an event like this for yourselves? Um, these, these events are vital. Um, we always, certainly in terms of just City Football Group as a brand, we want to be seen as innovative. We want to be at the forefront of, of anything new and we want to push the boundaries. Um, and for a long time now, and probably since we worked with you guys back in 2012 to do the MCFC analytics, um, yeah, it, we felt that was the start of hopefully a journey into really pushing data and exploring what's possible uh, and breaking down the kind of the boundaries and stereotypes that were existing within the use of data in the football environment. Um, yeah, sadly it's took us a little bit of a while to take the step from yeah releasing data out there to to get to a point of a focused hack event and uh, inviting people into our world to directly interact with the data and like you just said interact with two different unique data sets 
Um, but yeah, we felt the time was yeah, more than right to to bring people in um, to try and see if they could bring new insights. Um, one thing that we are, we always want to be is humble. We're not um, naive enough and certainly not arrogant enough to, to, to think we own all the answers and know all the answers. Um, there's a million and one guys out there much smarter than us that um, have really good ideas. So yeah, we, we love the idea of crowdsourcing, we love the idea of open innovation. Um, and this was one of the ways we wanted to see if, if we could harness that and, and give people the opportunity to contribute. Yeah. Have you been impressed by the sort of people and ideas in this room this weekend? Hugely impressed. Uh, firstly, just massively impressed by the people. Um, we made a lot of effort to, to stay true to a point to the kind of traditional hack uh, nature. But like you say, working with these two data sets and having a football context uh, meant that we probably needed to be a little bit more um, multidisciplinary than, than these events were in the past. So yeah, we've got really great brand of people. I think the atmosphere and the vibes are really good. Um, and yeah, we worked really hard to try and get um, you can, traditional kind of data wranglers alongside sports scientists, analysts, just general creative thinkers that have, have been in any walk of business and, and like I say, create teams and teams that have all of those skill sets, front end and back end, within that same team, with the idea that, yeah, we get real rounded solutions, um, or at least rounded ideas that we might look to collaborate to, to turn into solutions and, and uh, potential insights. Um, but yeah, we'll see you later. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think about the guys that play? They've put on a fantastic event. Yeah, no, the play guys and Tom Heim in particular, who they've brought in to, to lead it, have, have been fantastic. Um, what we'd like to say we wanted to do was have a level of authenticity. Um, and we've rarely put these kind of events on before and certainly never put on a hackathon before. So, like I say, we wanted it to be authentic. Yep. So recognised early that we needed to bring people in with industry knowledge and previous experience of these type of events. And yeah, they've been fantastic. And I think the feedback we've had so far from the participants has been has been amazing. Um, and that yeah, we've we've put on a, a good event that's yeah took away some of the the stereotypes of how these events have been run in the past. And having the academy element and having young and up and comers that have not been to a hack before and haven't got maybe the level of experience or knowledge or years of profession in these kind of areas. Um, that was the unique element that they brought that we think worked really well. Yeah. And lastly, is this the sort of last we're going to see of a hackathon from uh, the City Football Group or are there like ideas bouncing around for potential future events? Uh, certainly plenty of ideas bouncing around. Um, no, the plan was always that, that we'd do at least two. We wanted to do a fan-facing version, maybe more around fan experience, fan engagement, um, and, and explore that slightly more kind of commercial side. Um, and then the other was obviously the one we're sat here today doing one was a lot more football focused around the, the match and event data. So uh, yeah, so it was always planned to do at least two. Um, we tried very much with this to to go against the kind of demographic of uh, young single males and and so on. So yeah, I think we got over 20% of the the attendees here are female. 
um, which is well above the average for these kind of events. Um, but yeah, we, we're firmly of the opinion that that's not enough. So there's already been a lot of ideas banded around about doing a, a women's team focused event. We've obviously recently got through all the Opta data that, that we're pulling together and and starting to now really use to, to analyze the, the women's team and their performance. So a natural progression would be to do an event around that and, and with those guys and, and, and that data. Um, and that would be an event where we'd, we'd push for a much higher female attendance as part of that and really push that as an event that, like you say, further hopefully challenges that, that stereotype. Um, and like you say, and we're, we're City Football Group, we have four teams, um, so yeah. Could we see a point where we do each club holds a, a local hackathon? Um, absolutely, uh, and then we might do a global challenge at the end of it, where the best of each slugs it out to try and see who's yeah, see football group global champion, if you like, for want of a much better phrase. Yep. So um, no, uh, we see this as the start of a journey. Hopefully, start of a series, maybe, and yeah, we we feel we're just at the start of using performance data and planning so that it has a real impact and creates real insights for our for our coaching and our talent management guys to, to utilize so no, we're, we're at the start of a journey hopefully cool thanks Adam. the next interview is with ben mccreel who's the head of Opta Pro. so what do you think is the sort of importance of Opta Pro with an event like this i think the fact that We've got to a point now with data analytics where it's constantly growing. I think the forum, um, you know, every year we've got more numbers to the forum, more interest, more global interest. Um, and I think an event like this, particularly partnering with Manchester City in the, you know, the great work that those guys are doing and the very innovative work that they're doing, you know, really forward thinking in uh, data analytics, how it can apply uh, not only to what they're doing internally but also to the industry as a whole. And I think being a part of that is really important. You know, we, we've been a strong partner of Man City now for a, for a number of years. Uh, and I think this kind of event shows the partnership we have, the partnership we also have with Karen Hago uh, on the track app data. Uh, but I think this, the, the number of applications that they had for this event and also the, the global scale of, of where these guys have come from. You know, I've just been told that uh, we had a NASA analyst apply, we had people from Johannesburg, from Sydney, uh, obviously a lot of people from the States. So I think this shows the interest in data analytics um, and OptiPro, you know, we want to be a central part of that. Um, but also the biggest uh, issue that we have, the, the issue that City have, the issue that every club has, is applying this kind of brain power and this kind of work to uh, tactics, to coaching, to talent identification uh, in scouting. Uh, and that's the biggest challenge we all have uh, as analysts within clubs. Uh, so I think that's why it's important for us to keep banging on about the fact that all of this work needs to be tactically applicable. Yes. Um, and from like speaking to the different, different contestants, what sort of things, common themes have you sort of felt from, from like the work they're doing or the ideas they're having? Is there a common theme, or is it very much like there's a lot of different ideas from the different groups? I think it's interesting. I think a couple of them um, have gone down this kind of uh, 
obviously the, the biggest challenge that any of us have and we have this within Opta Pro uh, at Opta um, and I know uh, similarly in, in other groups that this co combination of tracking data and event data is, is really really difficult yep. uh, and is a key theme in everything we saw some ideas at the forum uh, last year uh, where people are starting to look into that kind of thing and you know we've had a lot of conversations about how important that is for tactical application that you know the event data on its own is very powerful and is you know clubs are doing some really good things with it um, in, in all areas of, of their club but if you can then add the tracking data if you can then understand um, where the players are on the pitch how what their movement is you can then start to apply the two to things like pressing and team shape and that's what seems to be coming out here is that a couple of the groups are really focusing on the shape idea on pressure on the ball uh, which is great for tactical application I think one of the things they're also finding having seen both data sets for the first time in a lot of cases that maybe um, they've bitten off a little bit more than they could chew in in the first uh, you know, having 24 hours to combine the data and then do something with it, it's a really big challenge. Yep. I think we knew that, um, but I certainly think they're going in a really interesting direction with uh, different ways of applying it to team shape, uh, to distances, which are all things that coaches and analysts are talking about on a daily basis in clubs. Certainly going along, along the right lines. Uh, and you know another group have got a really interesting idea around um, uh, penetrative passing which can be applied in uh, scouting can, uh, when, when looking for players that you want to do a certain role within the team you want it to be creative and penetrative with their passing um, but then also from obviously for scouting opposition scouting and, uh, and team analysis perspective so I like the broad range that's, that's you know being seen here and I think it's really interesting that particularly people with maybe non-football backgrounds as a you know, majority of people here don't have mm. coaching experience but they're still able to apply a very advanced data set to, uh, to some you know, globally renowned tactical uh, situation so just very interesting to see what they all come up with and I think what we'll see is that uh, they may not all get to the end of where they wanted to what they wanted to achieve but I think they're all putting roadmaps in place in terms of this is what I'd do next and you know, as we all know it takes a lot long time to do this kind of data analytics yeah. <clears throat> and you know, we're battling with that on a you know, daily basis as, as part of our full-time role so uh, for these guys to come in they're brave uh, and I think they're they're certainly on the right lines yeah and finally would Opta Pro be interested in like similar events like this in the future whether it be in potentially like women's football or um, you know youth development things like that City? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know City, the idea of um, you know joint partnership with City, the Premier League, and obviously Karen Hago and us. Um, we're all sort of trying to achieve the same things, you know. And if you look at any kind of analytics that are going on in world football, um, stuff that's being done in the MLS or um, stuff that's being done in Germany, we're all really trying to answer the same questions. The challenge we have in professional football and in any professional sport is the sharing of ideas. And generally that is uh, frowned upon might not be the right word, but, it, but it's, it's a big challenge. You know, having been in these situations um, in clubs, things are very closed. Information is uh, a premium and, and you have to keep that kind of information to yourself generally. So, you know, I really like the fact that the city have opened things up and, and look to really expand uh, the idea pool that they can draw from. I think it's very clever. Um, and yes, we'd certainly be uh, willing. I think we were looking to grow the forum as well into other countries. So that's going to be a big thing to move 
this analytics movement outside of the UK. Um, but yeah, so I think any kind of things like this we need to pursue. I think we've found today that there are uh, big opportunities for having all these people together and sharing ideas. Um, but maybe we need to do this over a longer period of time and give guys, uh, people, longer to look at data sets um, and, and longer to really explore these ideas. Next I'm talking with David Eccles who works for Kyron Hager. Tell me your name and your background with uh, Kyron. So basically my name is David Eccles, I'm the Sports Accounts Manager um, looking after the Premier League and the, the sort of track ad contracts that we have to service clubs uh, in England. Uh, that does branch out to, to Spain and Germany on occasion as well. My background comes from sort of the military, I've got a military intelligence background, um, so I've always worked with data in, in some way, shape or form, uh, and the idea has, has always been to try and ex extrapolate the most meaningful insights fr from that data, be it within the military or within football. And why is uh, an event like this important for a company like Kyron? I think it's important for us because it's um, we've got the data and we've always had the data and we've worked hard to sort of make sure that data is of good quality. Um, moving forward, we obviously have aspirations of working with the data more tactically and making it more relevant to the, to the professional environment. And I think to do that, we need to create more outputs and we need to create more meaning around what the data actually is and really unlock its potential because of the, the potential of this data is huge. And are you, have you been impressed with the sort of people and ideas this weekend at the hackathon? I have really because it, it, it's one of the one of a kind in the sense that we've got a room of 80 people, you know, from different backgrounds, all working with the data collaboratively. So I think it's a great idea from from Manchester City and and, and player to sort of bring different, you know, diverse backgrounds together and and make those people work in different teams. And I think the way that the teams have, constru have been constructed is really really great because I, I you know it, it, it's allowed teams to sort of bring different advantages together and, and create some really, really good outputs. Yeah. And finally, it's a good opportunity to sort of link together the two data sets of, you know, your so Chiron and the uh, sort of event tracking data Opta. Do you think we'll see more of this sort of in future, maybe in events or just in like a more public analysis potentially? I think we have to. I think it's... Um I think we have to make that available. I think it's um, very, very important that we we don't work um, in isolation. I think you know the data should we, we should be working in collaboration, and I think that encompasses video as well. Um, I think the, the the whole ecosystem of a club and the whole ecosystem of how clubs want to work with data is is having everything um, in one ecosystem, um, and that that's going to be that's going to how we how we create the be the best workflows for clubs and and, and people within within the professional space so for me it's about creating as much synergy and as, and as much um, as much synchronization between any data sets what we possibly can next I spoke with youtuber and fellow football analyst Joel Salomon and your background and why you signed up for the uh, why the we signed up for the hack MCFC event I'm Joel Salomon uh, my background is that I am currently an economics undergraduate uh, and I'm also an analyst that's worked at a few uh, championship clubs and football consultancies I signed up because um, City were being very open with the data and it's uh, it's a pleasure to be able to um, use that opter and Karunego data so fluently um, and uh, and I think it's been rewarding I think it's been a fantastic event yeah yeah
it. And what have you thought about the different people here, the different ideas? It's been like a good mix of, of new stuff that you've not really seen before. Um, it's been good to sort of get people from non-football backgrounds, mm. non-football yeah. analytics backgrounds here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been uh, highly collaborative working with people that have completely different skill sets, right? Um, so I feel like I have a reasonable understanding of football and like a, a, to, to a small degree um, a certain coding background, but to work with uh, proper coding professionals and academics and people that have worked with spatio-temporal data um, and UX and graphics guys, etc., uh, etc., et to create a presentation and to, to some extent um, a product uh, almost is... Um, is a new experience and one that I've greatly enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think about City and their sort of use of data from this event? You know, they're looking for an idea of sorts. It sort of yeah. uh, reinforces the fact that data is important. Sure. Uh, City, one of the biggest football clubs in England, are trying to use it as well. So, uh, yeah, a couple of comments on that. Well, uh, evidently, uh, being at um, City's Academy training ground, which is just the most incredible place, <laughs> uh, it shows everywhere that they're an incredibly forward-looking club uh, in terms of data and in, in terms of everything else they do. Uh, I I'm sure it will set them up very well in the future. Yeah. And would you come to an event like this again? Absolutely. Is this something, yeah? Yeah, of course. And uh, like women's football, is that something you'd be interested in looking at? Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to watching the game later. That's all okay. Cheers, Joe. Next, I spoke with Sophie Ashcroft, who took part in the Academy Hack. So if you want to tell me your name and your background and a little bit about why you signed up for the uh, Hack MCFC event. So my name is Sophie Ashcroft. Um, my background is sort of maybe not to what what not what's to be expected for someone that maybe comes to a Manchester City football club hackathon. Uh, I went to art school and I did art and design interdisciplinary, and being an interdisciplinarian has kind of followed me along. So recently, I just did a digital media management master's degree from Hyper Island where I'm just about to start with my thesis, which will potentially be about the genesis of good ideas, like in under which environment and how best good ideas came from. Um, and I sort of decided to come to this hackathon because I needed to keep my brain working. I've just finished some freelance work as a UI designer in uh, Dublin working freelance and it wasn't the sort of stuff that got me to throw myself out of bed in the morning. And I always like to keep busy. I've got a Ruby on Rails event coming up the weekend after. And I've got, I had an unconference the weekend before. So I'm definitely a person that needs to have a weekend filmed by, filled by something that's not just something, something that's a challenge. So this was kind of it. And how would you describe your interest in football? Would you say you're an, an avid fan or at the other end of the scale completely? I would describe my interest in football as a person that would have the football on if it was the World Cup. When I was living in Italy, it was, you pretty much had to. <laughs> <laughs> I just love more of the atmosphere. I think it was um, either Nap uh, Napoli had won something in a some league somewhere. So you can tell by my lack of knowledge of some league somewhere, <laughs> uh, my in-depth knowledge of the sport. I like the atmosphere it gives, um, but you could not describe me as a football fan. last football match I saw before this weekend was Manchester United when David Beckham was playing. Well, so, as and when, and it's not very often. Cool. And sort of from the weekend, were there any ideas that once you were sort of within your team, that uh, either from your team or from other teams that you sort of saw the work of that really interested or excited you? Oh, well... One idea I really liked was the eagle eyes team and the fact that they 
integrated all the data that they picked up and mainly put it into a physical object. So they had this tablet that they want a tablet prototype. They presented at their pitch saying all about for the manager to take hold of and to check which players are slipping. So they'd use the data to check up on how well the worst players were doing. And that was really interesting because I'd just listened to a podcast about two months ago by or a month or so ago by Malcolm Gladwell all about in his revisionist history. He talks about how um, soccer and football is a sport that, yes, relies on its star player, but is considerably more of a team sport because of without the eight passes before, then your star player can't help, can't, can't perform as well. So it really sort of turned that podcast to light and it really, it was design thinking in practice. It was, it was really interesting. So they were helping out the worst player to help the rest. That's really interesting. And I guess it comes back to also about how from sort of a lot of the data that were dotted, a lot of the ideas, sorry, that were dotted around the weekend, um, a lot of them were sort of analysis, whereas this was sort of using some sort of feedback loop and real-time data, which we probably haven't seen before. So, mm. yeah, very interesting. Um, so given your background, um, and I mean, myself and Sam and a few of the city guys when sort of working with your team, we're really impressed with your approach to idea generation. So can you give like a very brief overview of sort of how you went about sort of nurturing the ideas that your team had and sort of bringing over the the uh, sort of chosen penetrative passes idea to life? I think from my training in Hyper Island, I think it's, that was really the crux of it. So at Hyper Island, we're taught to, taught to question everything, but you start out from a level playing field of respect and you trust your team. And to create that level playing field, I really wanted to, I started how I start all my other projects, Hyper Island, you introduce yourselves, you talk about your expectations within the team, talk about your past within the team, and then decide to create a crew culture. So on the board, I tried to get everyone involved in what their expectations were, like to be honest with each other, to be open, and to to sort of to speak ideas without judgment, which I think with that foundation and people not worrying about not knowing, and especially in a team that, not everyone knows the ins and outs exactly of football was incredibly important. Um, so definitely breaking, not breaking down people's ideas and also no depreciation of your own ideas or anyone else's. The play team tried to iterate that as well. It was all about it. It doesn't matter how wacky it is um, as long as you all respect it and then build on it. A build on attitude is incredibly important, I feel, especially for new teams as there's new people, you've not had chance to work out their character, work out how in which they best take criticism or creative criticism or how in which they um, develop their ideas and how they present their ideas. It was really important to be really open and really honest with each other. And I personally had to practice what I preach, so I had to say that. I've got this, I'm like, I want to think, um, I did, I started thinking about sports and, psych, and sports and psychology, but I realized that one of the other guys had a great idea. This was this, our uh, member of my team, Chris, he was, I think he was absolutely perfect to be there. He basically was doing his master's thesis on different types of passes. And he mentioned, he's quite a quiet guy, but he mentioned with such you could tell there was a little fire with him that he was talking about penetrative passing and how he felt that there was something missing. 
we had other members of the team talking about corners and we heard about that. But what thing I thought that was great for the team was that even if we had all our ideas, there was no animosity. The fact that no one chose, didn't choose, had their idea chosen. So we just carried on without it. We did this thing called democracy, which was we have all ideas on a board and then without knowing our entire crew, the academy crew would vote on them. A lot of our team members had a lot of things voted, but in the end, we knew that it was penetrative passing that had the momentum. And I think it's recognizing the momentum without feeling a little bit hurt egotistically is definitely good. And it's important to recognize that and be happy for your team. And it was when we did, for the example, the little spot challenges outside, it was trying to find a way to make wearables and to have something useful for the, the city team. So something a bit more out there. You have to think more about your senses and your touch and also not to think about what's already been done and it's already been out there and just sort of really let fly with pens and Play-Doh. It was really exciting. And I think it's also the attitude. Another member of our team, Zoe, she was she was here just to have fun. She had no expectations and no drive in order to win the prize or be the best she was a computer science teacher and she's previously studied computer science so she has the technical knowledge she actually does like a bit of football she's like a fantastic woman she could really present she was really level-headed but she was just there to be happy and enjoy herself and I think as well as one of our other members of our team who my god you cut him and he bleeds blue the actual passion was there and it was a little bit contagious and when you're happy and when I can sense other people being happy, you pick up someone else in the team that that wasn't feeling so confident and you make sure you have the time and you spend the time to make sure that you recognize that, okay, you might not have done this before, but it doesn't matter, I'm here, I can help. So recognizing it and just encouraging it and riding the wave of the really good emotions and keeping the ego at bay and always asking all the questions, use the team and trust the process, trust the process play is giving you. And you must have been really thrilled to find out that your uh, sort of the penetrative passes in your team won a, an award of the sort of overall, uh, you know, final results at the end of it. How, how did that make you feel and sort of was that a nice way to wrap up what has been a pretty productive and fun weekend? It definitely was a really wonderful way to end it. I was really happy and I was actually feel really genuinely happy for the team as well even if our presentation really didn't go as planned we only ended up being able to pitch half of it but that happens when sometimes people don't have uh pitching experience but also and more importantly we didn't give chance to and we didn't give ourselves enough time to practice and pitch and even after that little little hiccup it's it feels fantastic i'm so happy for our little team and especially for Chris as well as it's his um as it's part of his master's degree I think I can't wait to hear what he's done and I like think we're going to keep in touch and it was definitely gave me a warm and fuzzy feeling on the inside like I swallowed a kitten it was lovely <laughs> uh, and last thing would you be interested in like a similar hackathon in the future Absolutely. My, my Hack Manchester City Football Club has set my expectations for hackathons pretty high, <laughs> to, put, to put it lightly. Um, I think sleeping in igloos, helping out with uh, playing around with uh, disability football, meeting coaches, meeting 
high-end decision makers of all platforms, the Chiron Hego guys and Opta and the guys in play, people that can make decisions, it's really set the bar incredibly high. And I am enthused to do another hackathon like this, and especially at this time frame. One day isn't really enough. You need to meet your team, you need to develop your team beforehand, and then you crack on, especially with such a complex and intriguing subject like big data in football and the implications of such and future casting that. I think my, yeah, my expectations are now high for all other hackathons that aren't just for the physicality and the environment of the place, but also for the challenge they, they pose. The facilitation was also pretty top stamp pretty pretty top so the facilitation is also set the bar very high that's brilliant thanks for your time sophie no worries thank you the next conversation you'll hear is with chris bentley who was on sophie's team in the academy hack so you want to start with your name and your background yeah uh my name's chris bentley um i've done a few sort of performance analysis internships uh Arsenal Academy, Stevenage, Milton Keynes, uh, and I'm doing my my Masters in Performance Analysis at Middlesex University at the moment. Um, sort of came here to, sort of applied on the whim really, didn't think I'd get in, but um, just to see how the data can be used and gain the experience of people with lots of different skills and sort of realising that I'm quite important in that as well, yeah. which is, I was a bit scared at first because <laughs> I didn't think I'd be any help, but a lot of the tech guys need a, a, the coach reasoning, which I sort of can bring into it. Yeah. Does it change your like perception on how useful data is in your job or like your future, likely your future um, roles? I always knew how important it could be. The clubs I've been at, the managers haven't been into it, so re reiterating again that how you make it easy for the coach to understand and how you can relate to them as simply as possible, mm. because a lot of them won't be that into it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's so important and we all know we can get good things out of it, out of the data, but at the end of the day, if we can't coach doesn't want it then it goes in the bin I guess yeah, yeah. yeah that's fair and what idea have you been working on sort of the last 24 28 hours um, it's sort of built from my my dissertation looking around passing and basically sort of highlight that Opta don't code a penetrative pass so mainly around defining a penetrative pass and then having a scale of its effectiveness so looking at the pressure on the on the initial pass, how many players it bypasses, and then the outcome, so does it create a chance, or is it, at the other end of the scale, unsuccessful? Um, it should be quite easy to give the coaches with a percentage at the end. Yeah. Um, and what other ideas would you sort of pursue? Do you have other ideas of, like, given more time and more data you'd like to look into? Um, I think up, my idea ended up snowballing, so <laughs> Martin had a good idea, but um, there's so much you can do with it, even with our idea, looking backwards from the penetrative pass, so how the players create the space to make the pass, 
so when they're playing it along the back four they're waiting for that gap to emerge and rewarding players for making the gap or looking forward from the penetrative pass looking at the zones they occur in a bit more um, and different ways that leads to goals and more chances that sort of thing um, <coughs> yeah so there's so many ideas going around but I sort of ended up just focusing on that one really yeah yeah and then lastly if there was like an event like this in future a similar one for maybe the women's game or just like more academy focus was that something you'd be you'd be interested in yeah definitely um, even from today the last few days sort of speaking to experts and stuff sort of giving me a lot more insight in how the two biggest companies work and how they can link in potentially in the future um, so I'll definitely be up for doing one again <laughs> don't know about the, the pods but yeah <laughs> and sleeping <laughs> but yeah. yeah definitely nice one and last but not least I spoke to Rob Sotheby who works for the information lab so if you just tell me what your name is, what your background is. Yeah, so my name is Rob Sotheby, um, former finance analyst. I worked at Vodafone head office for quite a long time. Uh, moved into sports analysis briefly. Uh, worked for a rugby union club um, in the championship as a performance analyst. Um, decided as more stats I was of, of more interest, so I moved into like data analytics. Um, now I work for the information lab, doing uh, helping clients kind of make sense of their data, visualising and preparing and stuff. Um, the reason I signed up for this was A, because it's an amazing opportunity to work with Optidata and track app data, which obviously a lot of people don't get to don't get to do. Yeah. Um, definitely one of the key things. Um, actually trying to drive insights as well, actually trying to find some insights out of it was really key. Um, and I think the fact that it's Man City as well is really good because I know kind of through Lee and through other people, you know, they're one of the ones who are kind of really investing in insights and actually trying to make something, you know, trying to actually use that to, to kind of create an advantage. Yeah, yeah. What did you hope to gain from, from coming to this event and did you sort of did yeah. you sort of reach that? Yeah, you I think that goal? For, for me personally was to get much more familiar with the OptiData, cool. which is definitely kind of getting there, not quite there, but getting there. Yeah. Um, but I'm a good platform now to kind of improve knowledge on that. Um, on track up data, I think we've really managed in there actually, so in terms of just preparing it and using it, um, and now kind of got ability to kind of go and, and now try and find some insights from it as well. So what were you sort of hoping to get? Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, a bit of networking as well, so kind of meet people yeah. from kind of outside of the normal circle of sort of sports analytics. Yeah. Um, people with different skill sets who can kind of bring different ideas, so like the weather idea, um, you know, we've got the spatio-temporal guy from Portugal, um, kind of meeting different people like that, and kind of just getting, understanding some different ideas as well. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, also networking with the guys at City as well, kind of networking with people who are kind of in the industry and kind of understanding their motivations and kind of how they got here and stuff. Yeah. Is an event like this like sort of more useful than I think you went to science and football? Yeah, or, so well, like, how does that differ to an event like this? Obviously the, the format is, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess science and football is quite heavily geared towards sports scientists, so S&C people, uh, data people to a small extent, but very, yeah, kind of heavily focused on kind of making competitive gains yeah. through through more kind of traditional sports science. Um, whereas this was really a chance to to work with with future you know the future data and kind of try and find some good insights from from the kind of future of the game. You know, baseball saw saw quite a few differences when they brought in tracking data. Yeah. Actually, being able to see things from a different different viewpoint. You know, I think. 
sports analyst, it's got a good, good position with things like expected goals and stuff. Um, now when you start adding in tracking data and understanding where players are, you can start looking at pressure on the ball as well. So you start judging those kind of things a bit better um, and start looking at defence ball. And then maybe we can actually get to a point where we're actually really informing coaches and actually starting to buy in, yep. buy into it. Yep. And finally, what sort of what ideas interest you in this space? It might be the idea that you're working on this yeah. weekend, or sort of a, a um, grander vision that you had that you couldn't really pull off while you were here. Yeah, I think so. We, we're looking at um, passing, decision making. I wish things has been good. I think one thing we'd really like to have looked at is looking at um, preceding events as well as sub- as well as uh, subsequent events. So kind of understanding how the ball is coming into a player, yeah. and then kind of their decision making. Um, and yeah, we've seen a lot of Voronoi, a lot of Voronois. I think it's going to be Voronoi after Voronoi later. Uh, but there's been some really interesting insights coming from that, and maybe ways to kind of make that a bit more applicable. Cool. Um, I myself did some stuff around convex holes, so drawing drawing stuff around the shapes. I think there's a lot of value in that as well. If you can kind of kind of target that to a particular requirement, I think that's got quite a lot of potential application as well. Yep. To kind of understand team shape and how things are moving Absolutely. and what a good shape looks like and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, some, some really good stuff. I'm looking forward to the presentations, but to expect it's going to be boring after boring. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, big thanks to Adam, Ben, David, Sophie, Chris, Joel and Rob for those interviews. I uh, hope you found them interesting. Uh, if you weren't an attendee, I hope you managed to get something out of them and you got a bit more of an insight into the hackathon from the weekend. If you did attend the events, then hopefully they serve as a nice refresher um, from sort of the weekend that you had. Um, yeah, we're back with the Opta Pro podcast in a few weeks' time, so look out for it. Thanks for listening. Bye.